This morning, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Titus. We'll be in Titus chapter number 1 this morning. Titus chapter number 1. And I'm going to read the entire chapter this morning uh, for our text and uh, look at what the Lord has for us as we go to Titus chapter number 1. And look forward to what God has for us all day long, the service tonight. Uh, I plan on being in this same uh, chapter this evening, uh, but this morning uh, I want to look at a uh, specific uh, truth that the Lord has put on my heart, and certainly I've already been blessed by all of the, the music from the congregational singing to the choir to uh, the special singing we just heard, and uh, certainly I want your attention this morning as we uh, uh, look at what the Lord has for us. Titus chapter number 1 I'll begin reading with verse number 1, and I'll read down through verse number 16. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of right or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast a faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able to be, be, may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may not be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish uh, fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess... They know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. I want to draw your attention to begin with this morning back to verse number 4, and we'll refer to several verses in chapter 1. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace. This morning, those three words are also the title of my message, grace, mercy, peace. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would uh, help us today. May you enable this preacher to uh, preach your message. Uh, Father, may we, as we look at uh, this important passage of Scripture, may we be reminded of our salvation. May we be reminded of the salvation that is attainable. It's attainable today to the one who is yet to receive it. And Father, may the saved this morning realize what we have in our salvation uh, those who have yet to receive Christ as their personal Savior, may they realize what they could have, what they need, what they must do in order that to be saved. And Father, I pray that you would strengthen your people today. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. As we read this passage of Scripture, and there's much that we could uh, speak of today, but I want to draw our attention to, ver- first of all, the verse number four in those three words, grace, mercy, peace. Those three words are wonderful words. Those three words are uh, words that just bring comfort to the heart of the believer. Grace, mercy, peace. Uh, what is the Bible speaking of when Paul, the human author, writes grace, mercy, and peace? Well, in verse number two, we find the words in hope of eternal life. Well, you think of eternal life. We, with this physical body and this uh, corruption that the, uh, the Bible speaks of, this flesh that we have, uh, there is a physical life, but there is eternal life that is gained through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that as a Christian, as a believer, as a child of God, as one of the redeemed who has put his faith and trust in Christ, I'm so thankful that I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear what comes after death because of eternal life. When you know that you have eternal life, you understand grace, mercy, and peace. And when you understand grace, mercy, and peace, that's how you know that you have eternal life. That word grace, simple definition unmerited favor. If you're saved this morning, you are saved by the grace of God, meaning you didn't deserve salvation. It's unmerited favor. You couldn't earn it. If you say this morning, but pastor, I earned my salvation. Friend, what you have is not salvation because salvation, eternal life only comes from the unmerited favor of God. That word grace Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Friend, I decided a long time ago that if I have to decide who I believe between God and man, I'm going to believe God every single time. And God says, For by grace are ye saved. If you sit here this morning and you've never been saved, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, and maybe you think you got to work your way there. Maybe you think you, uh, you need that church to give approval to you. Friend, it is unmerited favor by God. That word grace. We look at that word mercy. A simple uh, summation of that word is, is, is not getting what we deserve. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? And that we don't get what we deserve. Sometimes we look at God and we say, God, why didn't you do this for me? And why didn't you give me this? And, and why, why haven't you worked this out? Friend, I'm just thankful that God hasn't given me what I do deserve. God hasn't given us what we, 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 we earned, and that is the, the punishment for our sin, uh, the, the penalty for our sin, and I'm thankful uh, for the mercy of God. Uh, this same book, the book of Titus, chapter 3 and verse 5, uh, we read, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, according to his mercy. Friend, I can testify to you this morning that I am saved, I am born again, I am forgiven, I am on my way to heaven, and maybe you sit back there and that sounds a little too good to be true. You say, how do you know that? According to his mercy. Some of you, I see the way some of you are looking at me because you were my school teachers back in the day. And you say, I know that you weren't always perfect, like the girls were in the class, but that, that, you know. But I know that you didn't always, oh, let me tell you something. It's not according to anybody else's approval. It's not according to anything that I, I did or didn't do. It is according to the mercy of God. 
Friend, we ought to thank God that he doesn't give us what we deserve. It's according to his mercy. I like that word, mercy. We come to the third word that's mentioned this morning, the word peace. Tranquility. Freedom from agitation. You know what this world is today? It's agitated. It's always worked up. Look at what's going on in our world. Look over the last several years what's going on in our nation and we're agitated. Friend, because of salvation, because of eternal life, child of God has peace. Well, I, I, what, don't, shouldn't you be a little more worried? I shouldn't be worried at all. Because with hope of eternal life and believing that we have eternal life, there is peace there. I read to you from Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Friend, this morning, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is a gospel of peace. Friend, if you're worked up today, you're agitated, you're afraid of what happens after you die, you're not sure of your eternity, let me tell you how you can have peace. Let me tell you how you can lay your head on your pillow at night and not worry about what takes place. If you were to stop breathing in your sleep, it's the gospel of peace, of knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ has paid your sin debt and your faith and trust is in Him. And because of what He did, not because of what you've done, that you can know that you can experience the grace of God, you can receive the mercy of God, and that brings peace. Ephesians chapter number 2 in verse number 13 through 15 says, But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinance, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. We're reminded from this passage of Scripture that that which separated us from God is broken down from the peace that comes from knowing Christ. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, I like this verse of Scripture as well. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This world doesn't understand why a Christian can have peace. It's the peace of God which passeth all understanding. The pastor, when loved one goes on into eternity and they were saved, and how can you have peace about that? Because it's the peace that passeth all understanding. You cannot have, as we look in verse number two, those words eternal life without the word grace. It's unmerited favor. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't be saved because I don't deserve to be saved. Friend, look around. There's not a person in this building that deserves salvation. But there's people here who are saved. That's the grace of God. It's unmerited favor. Friend, maybe you're here this morning and you would say, I, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't believe I could be. I, I know what I deserve. Friend, if every one of us are honest, we know we deserve to pay for our sin debt in that horrible place called hell. Can I tell you this morning, let me just testify just for a moment, and I get excited when I think about this, when you read of the horrors of hell, because of the grace of God, because of salvation, I'll never spend a moment there. I didn't say I didn't deserve it. 
I do deserve it, but because of the mercy of God, I don't get what I deserve. And friend, if you're saved this morning, you need to be reminded of that. It's not your goodness that gets you saved. It's not your goodness that brought you forgiveness. <coughs> you didn't buy your way into the family of God. Truth of the matter is, we all deserve eternal damnation for our sin. But why do we have peace? Because of God's mercy. When we think of God's grace, we think of God's mercy. It's a natural progression. You have to talk about peace. Think back when you got saved. Think back the burden you carried on your shoulders. Think back the agitation you had in your spirit. Think back, maybe it was in a service just like this one, or maybe it was this pastor, maybe it was another preacher preaching, and you were very uncomfortable. But as soon as you said yes to Christ and put your faith in Him, you remember the peace that came over you? You remember the comfort that came? Friend, as we get closer to Christ's return or we get closer to that day of death for us, how can you have peace? Because of the grace and the mercy of God. It's no wonder that as Paul writes, he mentions to Titus, who he sends to Crete, his son in the faith, somebody that he had influenced. He mentions grace, mercy, and peace. Let me just interject before I get to the outline this morning. In a world of turmoil, we as God's people need to greet one another with grace, mercy, and peace. We need to encourage each other with grace, mercy, and peace. We need to build up one another. How do we do that? We remind one another of God's grace, God's mercy, and God's peace. And friend, I don't like the things that take place in our world. I don't like many of the things that have taken place in our, in our nation. But we must be reminded of the grace, the mercy, and the peace that comes from grace and mercy. Well, we would just have peace in this world if we could all get to a political uh, agreement and compromise. Could we know the only peace that's going to come is from the Lord Jesus Christ? But as we look into what Paul is writing, he speaks of that grace, that mercy, and that peace that comes from eternal life. Friend, before we make the few applications this morning, do you know that you have eternal life? Are you certain? This morning, hopefully your faith is not in a religious man. Hopefully your faith is not in a religion. Hopefully your faith is not in a church or something that you've done because if so, your faith is misplaced. It's not in the right thing. And if your faith is not in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God is probably talking to you right now. But can I tell you this morning, maybe this is your first time ever coming to a church like this or church in general, or maybe uh, you're sitting here and, and maybe you've been coming for some time, but let me tell you, you cannot have eternal life without the grace of God. Matter of fact, that's still the message this world needs to hear. You can't enter into the kingdom of God without his mercy. I believe I'm amongst the best people in the world today. I believe this, is, this church is the greatest people in the world, but there's nobody that's in this building today, that has not needed the mercy of God. All of us today have hope of eternal life because of God's mercy. 
So, friend, if you sit here today and you think, well, I've got to get everything in order before I call on Jesus, friend, let me, let me, let me explain to you one more, more time the grace of God. It's unmerited favor. There's nothing you can do to deserve God's love, but yet he loves you anyway. There's nothing you can do to deserve forgiveness, but he'll forgive you anyway. In his mercy. Let me tell you about his mercy. Say, I can never, I can never, I'm not one of those church people. I'm not one of those religious people, friend. You're looking at it all wrong. While we're in church this morning, it's not about being religious. It's about understanding the mercy of God. We all, whether you grew up in a Christian home or you grew up with no home, no matter what you've done, there's the mercy of God that we all needed. Because all of us deserve, because of our sin, we deserve eternal damnation in hell, but the mercy of God. So what is the mercy of God? The church membership? No, it's Jesus Christ. God's, in God's mercy, he sent his son. There comes a peace of knowing that you're saved. I've been with Christians as they take their last breath. It's peace because of eternal life. I've seen family members taken Suddenly and tragically, but I've watched as the peace of God overcomes and sustains in that time of grief. Why? Because of eternal life. Friend, there's no peace like knowing that your sins are forgiven. Let us see a few truths here with the time we have remaining. As we think of eternal life and we look at grace, mercy, and and peace, number one, we must consider its source. Look with me once again at a verse that we've looked at several times already this morning in verse number two, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world begin. You know why we can have such faith in the promise of eternal life? Because it's source, because of who promised it. See, my salvation is not from the Pope or any other religious man. My salvation comes from the God who created all things. God who cannot lie. Friend, did you hear the scripture that we read just a moment ago? For by grace are you saved through faith. God who is rich in mercy has saved us. It's, it's the God who cannot lie. I didn't say it's the God who doesn't want to lie. He certainly doesn't want to, but God is not capable of lying. You say, well, pastor, I can't comprehend that. You know why? Because you're a liar. We're all liars. But God who cannot lie has promised eternal life. Friend, that is something you can put all of your hope in. You can put all of your faith in. It's not anything I've done. It's what God has said that he would do. It's his promise. In verse number four, this is important for us to understand as well. He says, to Titus, my own son. Notice, notice after the, notice this word, this, the word common faith. In Jude Verse number three, it mentions a common salvation. I've taught this before, but to remind us, it doesn't mean it's ordinary. It doesn't mean it has no value. If you there's a there's a lower value placed on something that's common. We've heard the phrase common as dirt. What does that mean? You can find dirt anywhere. That's not what the word common here is speaking of. That word common here is speaking of the common faith 
the common salvation, it means we all get saved the same way. It's a salvation that's available to every man. When you look around this building, there are those who grew up in, 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 and had Christian parents. There are those who didn't. There are those who are from the south. Praise God for that. There are those who are from the north. There are those who are from different nations. There are those from different nationalities. We've had different experiences. But let me tell you, if you're saved this morning, let me tell you what we all have in common is the same salvation. If we were to look at those that we would call the worst, they've involved in the worst things of this world, let me tell you, so how, what, what's the hope for them? The same salvation. This morning, if you're here and you've never been saved, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you say, well, I understand, Pastor, uh, you, you've grown up in a Christian home, you, you grew up in a pastor's home, and you've known the things, you've never experienced what I've experienced. Let me tell you, if you trust Christ today, you and I would have something in common. We got saved the same way. We got saved the only way that you can be saved. It's common, meaning it's available to any man. Aren't you thankful this morning that God will still save anybody? God will still forgive anybody who wants forgiveness. He'll still give eternal life to anybody who says, I put my faith and trust in Christ. It is a salvation that comes from God. That is where we gain our confidence. That's the peace. That's the grace. That's the mercy. We have salvation. It's available to all men, the common faith. So well, I don't know that I have enough faith. Um. Faith is how we access salvation. The Bible speaks of the faith of a child. Sometimes we look at what a child believes in and we say, oh, they, we shouldn't, they shouldn't believe, they shouldn't take my word for it. But it's a simple childlike faith. Well, it's that common faith, it's the common salvation, its source. Number two, as we think of grace, mercy, and peace, we think of, in, in, in eternal life, we think of its revelation. We're going to be verse number three again. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Paul understood the importance of preaching. He understood that it's preaching that manifests or makes known the truth of salvation. Well, if you're uncomfortable this morning by the preaching that's taking place, it's not, you're not uncomfortable because of this preacher. You're uncomfortable because the Spirit of God has probably got you under conviction. It is the preaching that needs to be made known. You know what would change this nation overnight is that behind every pulpit there was the manifestation or the preaching of the word of God, the preaching of salvation. You know what changed this nation is if we get the Bible back to its proper place in, in, in our halls of government, in our schools. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul writes again to, his, to another son of the faith, Timothy. He says, preach the word. That is what makes salvation known. And we have to understand it's revelation. He says, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. We as a preacher of the gospel, I understand the commitment that is made. That's why Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the focus is on the word of God. The focus is on the message of salvation. Say, hey, are we going to any, any social uh, 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 things? Are we going to any social? Hey, it's all about the gospel. It's the common salvation. It's the common faith. That's what this world needs, and it comes through preaching. We look number three. We find the availability of, the, the, of, of salvation. We find 
Uh, at first, its source, we find this revelation. I've already spent much time on this, but look at its availability in verse number 4. We see the, once again, the, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith. We look at Titus, and Titus is now a preacher of the gospel. He's now a pastor being sent. But there was a time when Titus was not a pastor. He was not a, a child in the faith. He was an, he was an unsaved man. He's an unsaved boy who trusted Christ as Savior. How did he get saved? Same way Paul did. Let me remind you who Paul was. Paul was a Christian killer. I know, I know, you've done some, some horrible things, and I'm not minimizing or maximizing that. But Paul was a Christian killer. Paul was a persecutor of the church. Paul, by his own admission, was a vile man. Let me tell you what happened to Saul before his name was changed to Paul. Let me tell you what happened to him. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he, he put his faith and trust in Jesus. And Jesus forgave him. Jesus gave him a new life. He was a new man. Well, what a wonderful testimony this morning. And as maybe this morning, you may not have the testimony exactly like Paul, that you were a Christian killer. If you were, I wish you had divulged that before you joined the church, but just saying... Maybe you, you didn't have that same testimony you persecuted and Paul literally held the coats of those who stoned that deacon Stephen. But, but Paul's life and eternity was changed because of Jesus. Titus didn't grow up the same way. Titus didn't have the same testimony. But Titus had the same salvation. Friend, this morning I could think as I grew up in a pastor's home, I grew up in a Christian home and I heard all the testimonies and I think of preachers who used to give testimonies about how God saved them out of a life of alcoholism. How God saved them out of a wicked life and out of wicked things. And boy, you hear those testimonies and all you can say to that is praise God for that. Praise God that as it was sung this morning, God will still reach down into the, to, to the, to the dirtiest gutter. He'll still reach down into the vilest place. And for an old sinner who will reach out to Christ and put his faith and trust in him, he'll pull them out of that and he'll save them. He'll forgive them. And that, that eternal, salvation, eternal life, and because of God's grace, they'll be saved. Because of his mercy, they'll be saved. And they'll have peace that comes with that. But friend, let me give a testimony of somebody who grew up in Sunday school. I still needed God's grace. I still needed God's mercy. Boy, no matter what you have done or haven't done, it's the same salvation that saves us all. It's available to you today. If you've never received it, it's available for you. Aren't you glad? Think back to when you trusted Christ as your Savior for a moment. Aren't you glad God's mercy hadn't run out? Aren't you glad God's grace hadn't expired? Boy, aren't you thankful for the peace you have today because of the day Jesus came looking for you? Well, if you're here today and you say, I, can't, I don't have that testimony, I can't think, well, it can be yours today. Carrying around our sins a heavy load, isn't it? Carrying around that burden is tiresome. Wondering what's going to take place, we do take our last breath. Oh, that's a weight you can have off of you this morning because of the grace, the mercy. Oh, oh Pastor, I, I'm not like you. It's a common salvation, friend. It's available to anybody who wants it. 
That brings me to number four and finally this morning. We look at all the wonderful things we've talked about, the grace, mercy, peace. We find number four, it's opposition. Look at verse 15 and 16. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But to them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. Read this scripture and we think, oh, this is the vial of the vial. Yes, but probably not in the way that you're thinking. These were Jewish teachers that were being spoken of. These were philosophers. Say, what's the opposition? This is, are those who their, their God was their mind and their own person. You know, there's many who will reject the free gift of salvation, the free gift of salvation, because they choose to believe their own mind. Say, there's something I've got to do to get heaven, get to heaven. They depend on themselves. I've talked to many, many people through the years and presented the free gift of salvation. The best that I can explain the grace of God, the mercy of God, the peace that comes with salvation, the peace of God, only to have them say, I'm depending on what I do. Whether they realize it or not, you know what they're saying? I don't need the God of salvation. I'm my own God. I'll get me to heaven. Or maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've never been saved and you would say, well, I used to hear my grandmother teach this or I read this out of a book, friend. Don't fall into the category of the opposition of the gospel. There are many today who oppose God's grace. They oppose the mercy. Friend, you need to know today that your sins have been forgiven. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background. I don't care what your IQ is. Friend, there's none of us who are exempt from our own sin. There's none of us who can overcome what we've done unless we're going to pay our own sin debt. And quite frankly, uh, I can't think of a more foolish thing to even entertain in our mind. We would pay our own sin debt for all of eternity because we reject the gospel. Friend, this morning, there's two different types of people that are going to leave this building. You can only be one of two. I'm not, I'm not saying this morning, and say, so, well, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it white people and black people? Nope. Rich people, poor people? Nope. Old people, young people? Nope. Educated people and uneducated people? No. Only going to be saved and lost. See, down here on earth, we make a big issue of things that don't even matter. All that matters. Grace, mercy, peace. There's uneducated individuals, and when they stand before a holy God, 
You can offer your le- your, you can offer the letters that come behind your name. You can offer your degrees, but it won't get you one inch closer. There are many who their net worth there's a lot of zeros. But it won't get you one step closer. And by the way, it's not your net worth keeping you from salvation. It's not your education keeping you from forgiveness. It's simply accepting God's grace. Receiving His mercy. The peace that comes with knowing you have eternal life. Friend, as Paul writes of these words, grace mercy, and peace, I'm reminded of what we have in our salvation. I'm reminded of how we receive our salvation. I'm reminded of the fact that we need to be reminded that our salvation, our forgiveness is not something we deserved. Matter of fact, it's God's mercy that we don't get what we deserve. And friend, there's peace that comes from knowing that you have eternal life. You say, I, 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 I don't trust preachers. Hey, I know enough to, I'm probably right there with you. But don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But if we go a little further, he that believeth not is condemned already. I think back to my own salvation as a child when I trusted Christ. It was not a matter of choose whether you're going to be condemned or saved. I was already condemned. And friend, if you've never experienced through salvation the grace of God, the mercy of God, you're not deciding today whether or not you're condemned. You're going to decide today whether you stay condemned. Because we're all condemned without Christ. Because of Christ, we can have eternal life. Look at verse 2 again. In hope of eternal life. That does not mean, I hope I have eternal life. I hope I... No, my hope is in eternal life. I have hope. I can look forward to that. Why? Because of God's grace. Boy, you want salvation this morning. You can have it. You say, I don't deserve it. God's grace. I invite you this morning to come to our time of invitation to put your faith and trust in Christ. You'll better understand the word grace. Oh, but I know what I do deserve. That's for God's mercy. He doesn't give us what we deserve. And there's a peace that comes with eternal life. There's a peace that comes with our salvation. Were you saved this morning? If you're saved, you know the peace I'm talking about. If you're not saved, 
you desire, you know you desire the peace that I'm speaking of. Oh, let's make sure that we have eternal life today. Father, I pray that you would 